Welcome to Interviews with Exceptional People. My name is Dr. Sam Hazeldine, and today I'm excited to be interviewing Dr. Juvi Arulanandaraja. We're just going to stick with Dr. Juvi. Um, <laughs> he's uh, certainly one of those exceptional doctors. Uh, he's a GP, currently based in Western Australia, actually studying right now for his final exams, and he's got a unique perspective on life and on medicine. He's the founder and creator of a blog called Serenity Blog, and he's here today. I guess we're going to explore some of his perspectives on life and on medicine. I think you'll find them very interesting. So welcome, Juve. Hi, Sam. Thank you very much for having me today. Uh, it's a pleasure. It's great to be speaking with you. Um, first of all, so we can get a little bit of background, I guess, about you. Um, why did you choose to become a doctor in the first place? Ooh, I think like a lot of doctors you end up just kind of falling into it yep i think there's a small percentage of doctors who know that that's what they've always wanted to do but for me i kind of grew up in a family where my father was a doctor as well yep and i'd always lived around that health system of traveling with him living in hospital accommodation um and that, that was kind of the culture i knew uh, part of it is because i'm from an asian or sri lankan background and that's kind of, you know, you expect to be either a doctor or a lawyer or, or possibly an engineer. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, at that age in my life, I didn't know anything else that I really wanted to do. I didn't have any burning passions to do something else. Yep. Kind of fell into medicine. And I, I guess it's interesting, Jerry. I mean, I speak with a lot of doctors and I was the same, actually, well, you know, fell into medicine, you know, cause I was good academically and could get into medicine. So I did. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, I found, you know, that I ended up, um, in terms of working in medicine, realizing that that wasn't what I wanted to do with my whole life. I found my purpose came in serving other doctors to, to enjoy what they do in medicine. Did you, did you find that, you know, you got into it for, for sort of those aforementioned reasons. Have you, have you found what it is about medicine that, um, that moves you, that motivates you now? I think, I think there's two parts of it. One part is the challenge of it and just the intellectual side of things of trying to figure things out, um, finding out what's wrong with someone or trying to fix those things, which, you know, that detective part of us, uh, which drives a lot of people who do continue on in medicine. And the other part is actually helping people and the gratification or the value you get from that. Those are some of the things that actually kind of take value from in the work that I do. And I work as a GP, which has its own rewards, its own challenges as well. But as a GP, you tend to see, you know, pretty much from cradle to the grave. And you're looking after one person in that family that might come in for a cold. And you end up looking after the grandkids, the grandparents, the mum, the uncle. And you know the whole family, and especially in a rural setting, uh, like where I am at the moment. Yeah, right. And, and so did that, did it surprise you at all that that's what you found that you enjoyed doing? Or, you know, are there any other things that have, you know, what has surprised you about medicine? Are both, both, both pleasant surprises and unpleasant ones? Um, I think the pleasant ones is the amount of gratitude that people have for the things that you do and the appreciation you get. Um, there is a lot of media, there's a lot of litigation and a lot of the problems that we do have 
in the field, but at a ground base level, the actual patients do genuinely seem to appreciate and value the things that we do. And that's one of the pleasant surprises. So if you read the newspapers, if you read the discussions, most of it's about all the negative aspects of medicine, but there are some positive things in the way that people see you. The negative things has been mostly the bureaucracy, mm. administration and the regulation. But that probably is the same in any kind of system or field that you work in. Yeah. In terms of that, um, coming back to that, that gratitude piece, because I find a lot of doctors, um, you know, when it comes to stress and burnout in medicine, which is a huge issue at the moment, um, I think a lot of uh, the doctors who are suffering stress and burnout have become disconnected from, I guess, that second part of the purpose that you spoke about, which is, um, you know, that serving people, you know, helping people. Um, but certainly another part of it is they feel very unappreciated. And, 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 and your experience is quite different. Do you, do you, how is it do you think that you, um, I guess, notice that appreciation? Or is it just about being aware? I think, as you mentioned, like, de that devaluation of the person is one of the biggest uh, factors that needs to burn out. And for me personally, I, you know, the way I'm feeling now isn't how I used to feel. I worked in emergency. I used to work uh, new, you know, very long hours working overnight. And when you get to that stage when you're overworked, everything seems to be against you. And you get to the point that you are devalued. Once you get out of that place and once you can start dealing with some of those other issues in your life that make you feel like that, and then you start to see some of the things around you where you are appreciated. When you're out in the storm, it's hard to see you know, the light beyond the clouds. You can't see the blue above all the clouds around you. Mm. So how, how did you um, get yourself out of that space personally? Like, um, you know, was it the change in the work conditions or, you know, what was it? I think part of it was... Um, Part of it was a family, uh, my wife, and we were just having a baby at that stage. And part of it was a realization that I couldn't go on working like this. And at that stage, I was just looking at, do I still want to do medicine? Do I still want to keep doing this? And what's the point? And how everything was stacking up against me. Yep. But once you kind of get to that point, then you decide what you want to do. Uh, and at that point, you take stock of who you are, what are the things going on? What are the changes that you can do yourself uh, to try and fix those things? One of the things I started doing was writing uh, that blog about some of the problems I was having and what I could do to try and change that. Because I found it wasn't just me. I think a lot of people around me were going through similar things and looking into ways to help others, as you said, and helping other health professionals and doctors. Uh, that was one of the ways that I found to help help myself. Mm. Were there any? Um, it's often, isn't it? You know, I've heard it said you can't be depressed when you're when you're um, you know, focused on service on others. And yeah, you know, I don't know that that's true or not because some people can certainly self sacrifice. But but there's definitely an element of when you can go beyond yourself and your own challenges and and, and focus on serving others. And for me, it was the same thing. It was serving my 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 colleagues.
serving other doctors, um, that's what gave me the most motivation. It's, it's, um, it seems like, you know, that, that service piece is interesting that I'm just sort of thinking out loud with this, that hmm. it, it's useful for people to find what it is. Cause it's not just general service. Yeah. that is going to motivate or be meaningful for any individual, isn't it? You've almost got to, you've got to find what it is about that service that's going to actually motivate you. You know, for me, it was helping other doctors. Interestingly for you, there was a big element of that too, helping other yeah. doctors. And I think in that, and the way that I was trying to do it in helping other people was by looking at myself and looking at what things I hadn't been doing or what things I was doing wrong, what things I could change. Um, you know, like you mentioned, one of the things was the hours that I was working. But it wasn't just the hours that I was working. It was how I was looking at that job yep. uh, and why I was working. It was, you know, I was working because I was supposed to work. I had to work. I had to pay the bills. Um, and once you start changing that and then you start looking at the other things in your life and start appreciating it, you know, mindfulness in a way, um, you start appreciating all the other things around you. And that kind of changes how you start looking at your work as well. Mm. So it wasn't just practical changes, it was, it was, it was mindset changes, you know, your perspective on things that you found you need to change, was it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and how did you, I mean, what were some of the, the, the more, more profound sort of perspective changes that you made? I think, I think the key thing is separating that identity of being a doctor from being a person. Yeah. I think as doctors, uh, as any health professionals, your identity is tied in with being a doctor. Uh, you go to a party, you go somewhere, you're always you know, introduced as Dr. So-and-so. Uh, you start from when you're in school, you work towards this career through medical school, through you know, internship and through all your training. And there's this identity that being a doctor is who you are. Mm. Uh, and that's kind of perpetrated by yourself, by, you know, by the culture around us. And by the regulatory bodies as well, that, you know, there's uh, things that happen to you if you act uh, in certain ways outside of the profession. And that idea of you're a doctor always and you have to behave as such, uh, rightly or not, that kind of permeates into who you are and you become, you can't separate yourself from the work or from your workplace. Yeah. And kind of recognizing that you're more than that, that you have all these other aspects to your life. Um, you know, your, your soul, your spirit, your family, you know, your friends, all those things. And then you can start kind of addressing the issues there rather than just saying, you know, I'm a doctor, this is expected of me, I'm supposed to do this, I'm supposed to work like this, I'm supposed to care for everything, I'm supposed to, all the other things that you're supposed to. Mm. Well, yeah, and then that identity as a doctor is, um, it, it, you know, as you say, I mean, it's quite, it, it can be quite pervasive and, and mm. imply all these connotations of how you should be and should be acting and should not be feeling. You know, one of the things that blows me away is, you know, the literature now is very, very clear. Over 50% of doctors are in burnout. Yeah. And um, yet you get in a room of doctors, that means that, you know, the person on either side of you, one of them is probably in burnout. Um, but no one shows it. Like we, we have a, we have an, a brilliant professional um, facade and incredibly high sort of tolerance levels so that we just keep soldiering on. 
Yeah. Um, but it's clearly not actually serving us as people and as as uh, as carers anymore. And so um, that's sort of really interesting in terms of almost giving yourself permission to be human um, and not not have to fall into this this what is a facade because. Um, you know, this how I should be and how doctors behave isn't actually working. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, a, you know, multiple levels. It's, you know, at an organizational level, at a government level, at a regulatory level, but at a personal level. And I think one of the biggest problems is at the interpersonal level that you, you don't allow other doctors to have that weakness that, you know, it's perceived... You know, as a weakness, yep. it's perceived to be weak to ask for help, to say that there's, you know, you, that you can't cope. And that's drilled in from medical school or even before, that you have to be able to cope. You're supposed to be resilient. Mm. Mm. And, and it's so pervasive, that, that attitude. And the, the thing I find with talking with doctors about it is it's, 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 um, it's quite ironic because the doctor the same person will, who would want to be able to admit their challenges of mental illness will judge another doctor for mental illness. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's very much a cultural shift that's required in the profession, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's just taking away that fear, um, like the fear of admitting that you have a problem, the fear that part of it's like the regulation, like mandatory reporting, that the fear that if you don't report someone, that you're going to get in trouble as well, mm-hmm. which was a big thing that, you know, that I've come across that other doctors are saying, well, I thought I had to report them. Well, no, as long as they're getting help, yeah. as long as they're recognizing it, it's better that they actually do that rather than worrying about um, being unable to work. Yeah, a- absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, be- beyond the individual and, you know, what you've done in terms of, of your own, I guess, self-exploration and, and and changes you've made um what role do you see doctors playing in this this change that you know that we obviously need in our profession you know raising the profile of well-being and actually not just the profile of it but actually helping to bring about you know positive change well you know where do you see i guess the individual and 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 the profession playing the role in that I think uh, I think I mentioned to you the, before that one of the I, I was doing that talk at the BFD conference and one of the uh, doctors in that talk uh, raised the point that we need to be lightning rods that people who've gone through some form of stress burnout or who have found a way through it need to be lightning rods and stand up and be able to talk openly about their experience to take away the stigma of it, that make it uh, normalize the process, normalize that burnout's there, as you say, in one in two people in the room, someone will be going through burnout. And for yeah. one person to stand up and say, yep, I'm going through burnout, putting your hand up, uh, these are the things that I'm feeling, I'm not sure what to do, or where do I get help? And then you probably find you know, four or five other people around them, actually, yeah, that might be me, I'm starting to nod. Mm. Mm. And then from there, once you start normalizing and talking about it and discussing it, you can remove that stigma and then you can start making some systematic changes. And you do need systematic changes at an organizational level, at a hospital level, 
or a practice level at a college level as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I agree. Absolutely. If you're in, if you're in uh, anything that has 50% of people in burnout, there are systemic um, problems mm. um, by definition, really. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I mean, and it's, I, I think it's like, as you said, it's, we're treating this as it's a problem that's kind of hidden. But we're starting to recognize mental health issues burnout in general populace is prevalent. And the government's recognizing it. Uh, states and you know, companies, they recognize that if you do things, um, you can prevent this happening. Mm-hmm. But we're treating doctors differently. I think it's taking away that thing that you know, doctors aren't, you know, shouldn't feel this. That should, they should be treated differently from the normal population. Yeah, I mean, and maybe that's that part of the profession that, you know, there's a lot of professions that if they make mistakes, so be it. But mm. they, they, they don't, you know, there's not a lot of wiggle room given to doctors. Um, so there's, so it almost increases the fear of, of admitting that there's, that you might be going through a challenge that could cause such problem. And as, you know, as we're talking about the identity of doctors, it's that problem is that because your whole identity is tied in with being a doctor Mm. and if there's a threat to that identity which your whole income your whole life is tied around that and if there's any threat to it that can make everything so much worse i think one of the things um when i went through the whole burnout process myself was you know coming to grab grips with the idea that you know I could do other things outside of medicine that there are other options uh and then you know that took away that fear that you know I might not be able to work that you know if something happens if I talk about it if you know if the government or APRA or the regulatory bodies or whoever it is might be coming to get you that kind of fear that's uh, because everything you know everything you do your work your life is around the identity of medicine mm. and then once you start like, thinking about oh yes you know, there's other things I can do that, you know, your life doesn't end when you're not a doctor. Yeah. Then, yeah, I actually start to enjoy the medicine part of it a lot more. Yeah. Without, without the fear of losing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, was there any tipping point that gave you the courage to start talking about it and speaking out about, um, speaking about your, uh, about your challenges? I think my wife has, you know, been a big, you know, rock for me. And she's the one who encouraged me to do something about it. Um, and often it is that it is the people around you, the people around you who know you the best and who put up with you, mm. <laughs> put up with, you know, you know, that's that phrase, married to medicine. Yeah. Do you think that she saw it in you before you acknowledged that it was a problem? Definitely. Yeah. Mm. I think that, it, just took, it just took me a while to listen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny when I, when I went through burnout and it wasn't actually when I was practicing medicine because I only practiced for a few years, but I, I threw myself into business in the same way that doctors throw themselves into bur- into, into burnout, into, into medicine, mm-hmm. you know, 14 hours a day, seven days a week. And I just did that for years and years and years. And, and then I started actually doing, I said, seeing um, the challenges in the profession. And, and the burnout and the stress and, you know, doing research and distress and burnout. And I was quite a long way into that research and distress and, bur- stress and burnout. Um, 
you know, and I was tired and I was just a bit sort of, you know, not, not as passionate about it as I was and all, all that sort of stuff. I sort of was a bit tired, young kids, all that sort of stuff. There's some in the background there. And, um, and it wasn't until I, I was looking for what was, what I, you know, I was trying to find what the, you know, the best um, burnout assessment tool was that I did one myself and found yeah. that I was in burnout. So, you know, here's a guy who's supposed to know a heck of a lot about it, but still I could see it everywhere. Except, you know, the one place that I almost refused to see it was in myself, which is yeah. so common amongst doctors, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And so, it's that, you know, old phrase of physician heal thyself. Mm. But sometimes the physician has to um, acknowledge that uh, they need to be healed because I think they, yeah, that, that, that there's a step before the healing yourself piece. Even. It's, it's accepting that you're human. Yeah. 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 How about you? How did you find your way to heal yourself? Well, it was, it was interesting. I mean, really, I mean, I, I, one of the things I had to do was um, – kind of depressurize my life and um and 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 you know it was it was clear as my ex-wife then it's you know she was like saying you do so much for you know the doctors for your businesses for our daughters you do nothing for yourself and it was almost about you know i'd kind of forgotten all the stuff i had learned and and was was um was researching you know i had to carve out time for myself and create that space, you know, to, for, you know, for, for mindfulness, for, you know, exercise, for the things I enjoyed doing to gain momentum in areas of my life beyond just, you know, kids and business. Um, and, and it was so, so really it came down to a reprioritization of things. And, and, and for me, the leverage for that was, was understanding, how my effectiveness was actually dropping in the areas that I really cared about because I was neglecting those other areas. And so carving out that time and space, you know, making exercise a priority, making sleep a priority, you know, diet, you know, and all those things and just having, you know, some building some fun back into my life. Um, they were quite simple changes. Um, but I found that I found really effective. I think that's the, the great thing about doctors is that once we do recognize it, we have great tools to fix it. We have great mm -hmm. tools to actually make these changes. Yeah. Um, we have, you know, the intellectual capacity, we have the insight once we got there, but we can actually start making the changes mm. a lot better than uh, other people can. Absolutely. I mean, doctors are exceptional people, you know, just, the, you know, you, it's the hardest course to get into in medicine. Um, you know, it's a long process to get through, you know, just medical school, then to become whatever specialist you want to become. I mean, you know, doctors have got incredible, you know, um, resources within themselves. And, um, and, and I think, you know, sometimes, yeah, as you say, it's just about the first, it's about the acknowledgement. And then just directing a small percentage of those resources towards it. Doesn't even <laughs> yeah. have to be the whole lot. Um, yeah. You know, I get that the career is always probably going to be the most important things to doctors. That's fine. It's just mean making sure that family, health and well-being, um, you know, your own self, your own mind does doesn't come a distant, distant hundredth place. You know, at least give it second, third, fourth place. <laughs> hmm. I think. One of the things like you know one of the things I wrote on the blog was a wellness care plan so as GPS we do care plans 
So the care plans are an idea that someone has a problem, let's say diabetes, you make a care plan for that patient of these are the problems and these are the ways that we're going to fix it. Yeah. And one of the things I wrote about was a wellness care plan for someone going through burnout stress as for doctors. Yeah. And that came under a couple of different categories. One was the work, making the changes in your work situation. Yeah. Two was financial because finance um, is one of the biggest stresses for doctors as well, surprisingly, which everyone thinks, you know, you've got the fancy car and all the money, but finance is still a big part of the stresses that why you work as well. Yeah. Um, mental health, social, um, and the physical health, like you mentioned. But one of the things to keep in mind, I thought, was the spirituality and intellectual side of things. And spirituality, yeah. not being so much God or whatever religion, but your purpose in life, like what, what you want to achieve in life and thinking about that. Yeah. And then once you start doing that, it kind of changes how you approach things in your life. Yeah. And the intellectual yeah. side of it is, isn't because you do work... You do your medical work, whatever you're working hard towards, but you neglect the other things that you used to. Because the doctors who go through you know, school and university, they're not just academic in science. They tend to have lots of other creative skills, yep. which you tend to neglect when you go into the medical field. Yeah. And most of the doctors I've seen who are making changes are doing other things like writing, like doing music or you know, art and all these other creative aspects they're bringing into their part of their life as well as their medical life, and they're finding a lot more fulfillment through that. Mm, mm. It's, um, yeah, you talk about that the spiritual, that bigger, wider piece. I mean, one of the things that I, I found um, interviewing doctors who are thriving compared with the doctors who are struggling mm. is um, all the doctors who are thriving um, you know, one of the, one of the things that, you know, they're, they're, they're connected to their purpose, whatever, however you want to describe whether it's purpose, whether you call it spirituality, but they're connected to that bigger thing, you know, the thing beyond themselves, you know, the reason they're doing the work. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, every single one of them, whereas the doctors who are struggling had forgotten that why they became a doctor in the first place and yeah. almost become quite inwards looking. And I get why they're inwards looking. It's because they're struggling so much. So, you know, that, you know, you're focusing all resources on just trying to get through the day and just trying to survive. Yeah. Just uh, staying on that treadmill, staying on that treadmill, just keeping going because the treadmill's keeping moving. Mm. But, um, but you know, which is for me, it was, I guess if you take that analogy further, getting out of burnout meant getting off the treadmill just for a moment. So that you could, so I could look up again, yeah. um, and, and have a chance to breathe and, um, and and reconnect with that why because it's interesting you know similar to me with, with my my businesses um, which are about serving the serving doctors and doctors are about serving patients you can be serving others and not feel not feel that emotionally and if you're not yeah. feeling it. Um, you're not getting the benefits of service. You know, I think, you know, when you're truly in a state of service, you get as much benefit as the people you're serving because, you know, it comes back to your joy. But if you're not actually open to it emotionally, then you're not actually, you're not receiving that back, are you? Yeah. No, absolutely. I think I was listening to a podcast about um, a doctor who was working in the NHS and she was a urologist. And she's going through burnout. She's working so many hours. And um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the NHS, but a lot of doctors are pretty unhappy over there. Yeah. <clears throat> but she got to the point that she thought, no, bugger this, and left and went to, I think it was South Africa, 
um, and worked in some rural hospital 600 kilometers from the nearest town. Yeah. Um, and she loved it. And when they were asking her, <clears throat> did you like it because the work was nicer or easier? She goes, no, she said the work was actually harder. I was working, I was on call, you know, three days in a row. I was working throughout the night and I was, you know, doing so many more operations. I said, okay, well, I thought you left, you, one of the reasons you left was because of all those things. She goes, yes, but over here, I would get all the, the administration appreciating that I'm coming out of here to work. I'd get the nurses making me a cup of tea to make sure I got through the shift. I'd have patients walking, you know, 200 kilometers to come and get surgery. I would have them bringing, you know, have them having no money or anything, but bring small presents just to say their thank you. Mm-hmm. And it was that appreciation, that value for the work that you were doing that made it all worthwhile and took away all the burnout things. So, because there's this idea that doctors are burning out because of the hours that they're working. I don't think that's the only thing about it. It's no. that devaluation, which is a big issue. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't be the, the only thing because uh, burnout rates are going up and hours are, you know, working conditions are getting better. Mm, yes. So, you know, I, I agree. You know, there's, there's a cultural thing and there's an expectation thing as well, I think. Uh, yeah. I was speaking with a medical student actually. I was, I was on a, a chair after going up the ski field the other day and I was happened to be speaking, you know, I was sitting by a medical student was talking to him about it. And, um, I think there's speaking with him there, and this is not a judgment. There is a different um, expectation about what you want out of your life for yeah. the people in their twenties now than people who are in their twenties 50 years ago. Um, you know, people, younger people now, right. And, and you know, I said, this is not a job. This is rightly so. They yeah. expect to be able to have a life beyond their work. They expect yeah. to be able to do other things. And, and I, and I guess it's the difference between those expectations and then the reality that they face that, you know, partly, you know, contributes to, to, um, to, to these, you know, horrific rates of burnout. Yeah. And I think the other part of it is also changing that culture of, as you say, the new generation coming up have different expectations. They have that better balance of work life, but it's going higher up in the hierarchy that we need to change that concept of, you know, back in my day, we did this. And absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, whether it was the case or not the case is irrelevant with a, you know, with the generation that we live with now and with, you know, with the, I guess, societal expectations now. Um, the other, I think the other part of it is also social media and communication. And I think one of the great things has been, uh, being able to reach out through Facebook and medical groups, uh, through Twitter, um, and writing things like the blogging, people reaching out to me and asking me and uh, talking about their problems. And you and you realize that you know you're not in isolation. Yeah. Uh, and there's this amazing power through things like social media to make changes, to gather people together, and to voice uh, some of these opinions that we're talking about here. Mm, mm. And I really believe that the changes are happening. You know, some people sort of say, oh, it feels a bit like lip service at the moment. But lip service is better than nothing. Um, mm. You know, five years ago, there was no one even paying lip service. Now, <laughs> yeah. now at least every college is starting to think about or have programs. And, you know, you know I think, you know, change is happening, albeit slowly. I mean, you know, the World Medical Association, we changed the Declaration of Geneva last year to include the health and well-being of doctors. So yeah. there is, 
there is positive change happening, you know, no doubt, although, albeit if you're in burnout, it's happening too, you know, it feels like it's happening too slowly. Yeah. But yeah. I think, as, as you say, I think it's that realizing that you're not alone, that there are people out yep. there. And even if you're going through burnout, you know, looking around and seeing that there are changes, that this is something that's happening rather than, you know, you need to just shut up and get on with it. Mm. Mm. I think it's, uh, yeah, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough time, but to me it's an exciting period. And I think for doctors as well, I mean, whether you're in burnout or not, you get to be, you know, if you're in burnout, how you deal with it now gets to be part of how we change the culture of our profession. If you're not in burnout, you get to be part of that change in the culture too. So that, you know, we have an opportunity here to, you know, create a better, you know, a better culture of medicine for the, the medical students who are currently training, for the kids who want to be doctors. Like we don't have to leave the profession the same way we found it. And I think that to me is an exciting time. And, 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 and we have that opportunity ahead of us now because, you know, it's, you know, it, it's time has come. Yeah, absolutely. Judy, if you could go back in time and give yourself, your 18-year-old self, three incredibly valuable pieces of advice, um, what, what would be, what, from what you've learned in your experiences through burnout and medicine, what, what would those three pieces of advice be? Um, outside of the burnout side, I'd say buy some shares on Facebook or Google. <laughs> beyond that, I think start thinking about yourself rather than just your career in medicine um, and start saving money. I think one of the mistakes I made was I didn't save up money as much. I think my sister, she's a, she's a doctor as well, and I think as soon as she started her medical career, as an intern, she always started putting away about 50% of the salary. And I wish I had the discipline to do that at the start, which would have been great. Yep. Um, the other thing is talk to people around you. Uh, don't just get involved in your path and where you're trying to get to and all the difficulties in front of you. Appreciate all the things around you. Travel and enjoy the people around you as well. Hmm. Essentially, uh, it's, it's not just about the destination. Yep, absolutely. It's more, a lot more about the journey. Absolutely. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much. I, I really enjoyed speaking to you. I appreciate your time. I think you know, some of those insights are just so useful. Just some you know, reminders um, for people, for me, for people listening, that you know, we're more than just our profession. And, yeah. uh, and, and almost, you know, ironically, by being more than our profession, we're going to bring more and be better in our profession. Absolutely. Um, so it's, it's, not a, it's not a binary either or, it's, a, it's an and. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly what you said there. I think for me personally, I found that I was a better doctor going through all this. And I found that I am better at helping my patients. And I found that I'm appreciating the work that I do and my job a lot more uh, rather than wanting to leave it as I thought I'd first want to. And you're enjoying yourself more as well. So everyone, everyone's happy. <laughs> yes. Jervie, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you, you very know. much, Sam. Thank you for having me on here. Oh, my pleasure. Look, anyone listening, where can they find your blog? So you can go to www.serenityblog.com.au. Awesome.
Well, thank you so much. And look, um, you know, I hope that you know anyone listening is will have taken uh, you know a few things away that they can uh, you know, of, of positive positive impact in their lives. So thank you for your time. Thank you, Sam. You take care. Well, thank you. You too. Goodbye. Bye.